0: You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Baltimoreans.
1: Hello, Baltimoreans. How are y'all doing? I hope that it's uh, with a, a a step back from the ledge after a grim week uh, of Orioles baseball. The last two games, two wins against the hated New York Yankees, have given us a little bit of window for hope
0: and perhaps a little bit of a window into our own souls (laughs) (laughs) and how how close said souls are to the brink of despair at any at any point
1: so here we are episode 51 uh which much like the area sharing the same name is (laughs) clouded in secrecy
0: (laughs) i'm already so happy
1: about this intro we don't know a lot about the history of the number 51 But we suspect this is because, and this has borne out through many searches around the internet, that we, as regular laypeople, simply cannot handle the deep, dark truth behind the curtain that our government is keeping us in the dark, because the real truth is just too much for us to be able to handle. I think that 51 has many magical and mystical proportions, but we, as mere human vessels, cannot fully comprehend... (laughs) <laughs> now today's date may 22nd does have some very tangible realities oh okay um today may 22nd means that we would be remiss if we did not wish a fond happy birthday to t boone pickens the texas oil magnet happy uh, birthday who is 85 years young today um happy birthday to as well to uh mr tommy john the pitcher who's 288 career victories 288 career victories were sandwiched around, almost equally actually, around the groundbreaking surgical procedure he underwent to repair ligaments in his arm. Uh, Now, of course, his name has become more synonymous with impending disaster, or at least a year (laughs) or a half out of the game, than with any of his pitching successes, but interestingly enough, Tommy John won 164 games after his injury, which is one fewer than the entire career wins number of Sandy Koufax. Wow. Wow. Uh, And yet he failed to be elected to the Hall of Fame. Thus far? Nope. His final ballot was 2009. It's over for him. It's over. He is not going to be a Hall of Fame member unless he gets in in a Lifetime Achievement Award sort of a way. But his final ballot was in 2009. He only collected 31% of the vote. Wow. So 288 career wins, a surgical procedure that went on to redefine the potential for pitchers to continue to play the game of baseball. And he was once again... Uh, into well, no, I said once again in 2009, deemed not Hall of Fame worthy.
0: Wow. Now you're you're saying this, Alan, and 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 the, by the tone of your voice, I infer that you think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I do.
1: 288 yeah. career victories. Yeah. And you know, he was never a dominating, a dominant or overpowering pitcher. He was a sinker ball, ground out kind of a guy, but he uh, was, by all accounts, very good put together a lot of statistics, and if the point of the Hall of Fame is in fact to, in some ways, uh, record baseball history, Tommy John surgery is much, much more famous than now than many, many, many people who are in the Hall of Fame.
0: Now, here's a question that I don't know the answer to, and I, I wonder if you do. Is Tommy John just the first pitcher who that surgery was successfully performed on? Correct. So it's not like he had the idea, no, of replacing the whatever it is, the ulnar collateral ligament no. with something else. It
1: just well, it, he was someone for whom his career was over, mm-hmm. uh, and someone said to him, "Your career might not be over if you did this." I see. He sat out a year and a half, and then his first year back, he went ten and ten, and it was considered an absolute miracle, right? Because he wasn't ever supposed to be able to pitch again. You know, so you know, it, it's 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 like it's more like Lou Gehrig's disease than it is, uh, like, the doctor was named Tommy John or anything along those lines.
0: Okay, okay. Well, because I realized, as you were saying it, that every time I hear Tommy John surgery, I always think to myself, Tommy John, that medical genius. (laughs) (laughs) When in reality, (laughs) he was just a meathead pitcher who was the beneficiary. Yep, yep, yep. Interesting.
1: Uh, Speaking, however, of... um, miscarriages of justice (laughs) (laughs) which we are when we speak of tommy john not being in the hall of fame okay my in my personal opinion says you speaking of miscarriages of justice since we last spoke the orioles have gone through a classic orioles week Mm. um getting swept by the padres then being swept by the rays then dropping an extra inning heartbreaker to the yankees Uh, and it's been grueling it's been unpleasant And with the suspect starting pitching suddenly joined in the oh shit column by Jim Johnson and the Orange Curtain, (sighs) more than a few Orioles fans are straying toward the panic button. So what do we do, Sam, when our pitching is suddenly getting battered more than a cod after a bachelor
0: party woke up in a long John Silver's? (laughs) I have so many questions about (laughs) about that simile or metaphor, but I'll please continue. Well... I realize that we've been a little bit profligate here on this show.
1: Have we? We have. In our Orioles fandom. We've been giving advice out to Mets. Mm. We've been talking to Cardinals fans about upcoming potential dynasties. A cardinal sin. A cardinal sin, indeed. Basically, we've been resting on our laurels. Have been been doing a bit of that. This week, Baltimoreans. we've done away with any guests... We've hunkered down, and we're going to make an effort to get this team back on track. And like I mentioned, <laughs> like I mentioned, since we came to this realization on Monday, we have been mildly successful. The Orioles have won two games <laughs> out of three from the Yankees, uh, and you're welcome. We think we've got things moving in the right direction again. But Sam, I want to share a very revealing text message that I received from you. <laughs> I believe it was late in the evening on Saturday mm. during what I believe was the 12 to 10 loss to the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. Okay. Um, and the text message read as follows. God fucking damn all of the fucking goddams. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was wondering if you'd like to expand on that at all for our listeners or if there's anything you'd like to add to no, that. I, I, I think very prescient I statement.
0: I think I summed it up pretty well, <laughs> uh, if I may, um, in, with with that that. I think, fairly innovative combination of epithets.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it's, it's grim. And suddenly I don't have faith in our bullpen as much as I used to, uh, which I guess we'll talk a little bit more further down the line. But um, what are you thinking? Is, is, is Gossmania
0: enough to pull us out of this tailspin? Well, well, what I would like to say, in terms of prescriptive measures, Alan, um, what I would like to say is you can never leave me alone <laughs> in Hootenanny Studios again. You're not allowed to do it, because as as those of you who are regular listeners to the show um, will be aware, Alan and I were uh, forced to broadcast under duress last week. Alan it's was true. on an Amtrak train, and I was hiding uh, in a conference room... <laughs> For half of the show, and then back here in Hootenanny Studios by myself. And what happens, Alan, when you leave me alone at Hootenanny <laughs> Studios is that I succumb to delusions of grandeur. Uh oh. I'm sitting here by myself. Uh-oh. I don't have you to check the mental ambition that I that I uh, sometimes uh, let get out of control, and I start dreaming up segments about how the Orioles are a dynasty in the making. <laughs> which is exactly what last week's show is about. And what do they do? They promptly go on a six-game losing streak. <laughs> and what fragile credibility we have assembled here over 50 episodes is completely ruined. It's true. So I, I think the first step <laughs> in, in not allowing another six-game losing streak to happen, Alan, is for you to not go out of town again. All right. Well, we can do with that. We, we can't allow you to do that. Done. <laughs> okay, Good uh also it'd be good if you do not leave my house when we are done <laughs> recording here this evening that's the only way that i'll feel safe that's gonna be a trouble but we'll see what we can do um now alan i, I i've noticed uh this evening uh you, you have a little bit of a case of the sniffles yes you've uh you've got a gimpy leg it's true uh i too i got i got a twitch in the eye <laughs> And uh, a, a a general um, uh, oogity boogity in the stomach. Sure, sure. So so I went to see Doctor Showalter. Ah, the good doctor. Today, <laughs> and he diagnosed me right with an acute case of gossmania. Ah, I have got the gossmania. It gets in your bones. It is in the bones, and it is shaken, and it is bacon. Excellent.
1: Now, uh, so you're a you're a, you're a believer. That the double-A domination (laughs) is an accurate representation of how he will fare against the terrifying, (laughs) terrifying bats of the
0: Toronto Blue Jays lineup. No. Okay. But I like the move. Okay. I like the move on the part of uh, Buck Showalter and Dan Duquette. Because... Right now, the Orioles badly need an infusion of capable starting pitching. (laughs) Testify. (laughs) Testify, right? Amen. Uh, Glory. Preach it. Indeed. They they desperately need it. And it's too early in the season. You're not going to pry away any kind of credible starting pitcher from another team unless you drastically overpay. Right. We're not going to be able to make a difference-making deal like that. Right. Until the trade deadline when there's a team that's like, you know what? We're not going to win this year. We're not going to win this year. Let's restock the farm system. Let's offload some salary to the Orioles, what, whatever the case may eventually be with that kind of maneuver. Um, but action is necessary. I think we can agree. Something needs to be done right now. Yes. And so I like that we're going to our strongest card because, uh, I'm, I mean, I think if Dylan Bundy was healthy right now, he's the one who would be getting called up. He's not. And I don't think any of us is under any delusions that Gossman is ready to come up and be dominating. But it's he did pitch against major league hitters in spring training and didn't embarrass himself. It's true. Um, and what we what we need right now is not uh, we don't need somebody to come in and throw a complete game every fifth day. No, we, we need somebody to give us quality innings. And not... Um, Six and two-thirds and two runs would be just fine. <laughs> that Which we got from Jason Hamill this evening. And that's true. Um, and I think there is at least as good a chance that Jason Ham... Uh, sorry, that uh, Kevin Gossman will be able to do that um, as that he will get completely blown up. I'm a little concerned about the fact that he... the I believe it's the slider is still a little bit of a work in progress for him. He's mostly fastball changeup right now. Right. Um, that's... I think... <laughs> it's pretty clear that that is not uh, an arsenal that is going to get you through three rotations of a major league lineup, especially in the American league East. Um, so I, I don't have, I don't have astronomical hopes, but if he can be, um, I would say slightly better than Tommy Hunter was as a starter. <laughs> um, and we get wei in Chen back. Mm. and Miguel Gonzalez uh, who seems to be healed regains the form that he had last year if Chris Tillman continues to pitch well if Jason Hamill pitches uh, as even you know not even quite as well as he did tonight when he went six and two thirds against the Yankees um we can hobble our way we have the offense to hobble our way to midseason when we can make a more meaningful deal
1: in my opinion and this suggests that you don't think that uh, that that jim johnson has anything structurally wrong it's just the inevitable hiccup that comes once in a 35 successful save conversion series i
0: I think that's all we're talking about i think that's all we're talking about i i mean if it uh (laughs) you're you're uh you you look more relieved than you should be by me (laughs) stating a completely unformed opinion about this yes well Um, i feel much better (laughs) Well, I, I do want to go back to, uh, to Gossman for that just a second. the Goss-maniac talking though. <laughs> it, it, it can have an effect on the brain. Um, I was having a G-Chat conversation today with Jake from the Bird's Eye View podcast. Ah. And uh, we were talking about sort of the, the fanfare that should perhaps accompany Kevin Gossman in his first appearance. Mm. Um, and one of the things we were talking about is it, he should perhaps be um, escorted to the mound to take his first warm-up pitches in the major leagues by a uh, Prince Ali type menagerie, <laughs> some elephants and uh, sure, 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 you sure. know, monkeys doing tricks, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and one of the things I thought is, what if we had a gaggle of women in donut bikinis <laughs> who who came out? And then I thought, you know what? That's a little bit heteronormative. That's true. That's true. So what I have decided is that instead, you and I. <laughs> On Thursday night uh, should wear donut bikinis. That's or, is this a to the game? To well, I'm not saying we need to get on a plane and fly to Toronto. Okay. But here in my Just home, sitting around. Yeah. Well, sure. You are willing to do So this you're saying me? Thursday. So yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Every Thursday. It's which kind of what my like. my Thursdays are usually like. Oh, th- see uh, now that's the thing I didn't know. <laughs> this is why I need you to not leave my house because you're doing things behind my back. That well, every start that he's had so far in Double A has
1: been accompanied by at least some form of donut-themed paraphernalia. Well,
0: okay, and he's pitching to an unspectacular ERA at Double A. Well, three point three, three point three, in... but that's that's a that's a Double uh, A, Double A, okay. But I bet nobody's wearing donut bikinis at Double A. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that gives a guy some focus. You know what I mean? I think I think that's the kind of thing that 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 makes a young pitcher realize, right? That he has to get his shit together. Yeah, yeah. People are willing to go to great lengths for it. We have made a significant emotional investment in Kevin Gossman's well-being.
1: How old is this man again?
0: 2022 Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah. Good.
1: Mm-hmm. Good. How
0: old are we? Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> let's not. Let's just, let's just, uh, let's not go down that road. I don't, I don't really think there's, there's a tremendous uh, amount of need to no. go down that road. No,
1: certainly not. Certainly not.
0: Uh, Alan, we have received a great number of communications uh, from our very wonderful listeners. We have. We and have. Uh, I think we are uh, we are long past due in reading them on the airwaves. So why don't we take a break? And come back and do exactly that. You're listening to Baltimore Ons. The home of the all-weather Fan. This
1: is Alan Smith.
0: And this is Sam Dingman. Ladies and gentlemen, last week on episode 50 of the program, we actually, you know what? You know what? Before we get into this, Alan, <laughs> I need to go back to the fish metaphor. Okay, that you used <laughs> in your characteristically brilliant intro. The the cod right in this in this example is yes. at a bachelor party. Yes. Now is it, the, the the series of questions I had were the following, right? Uh, which are actually really just two questions. Sure. One is he is it a fish at a human bachelor party? Or is it a fish at a bachelor party for his fellow fish?
1: My assumption was merely a situation for the fish to get drunk enough that he would accidentally wake
0: up in a deep fryer in a Long John Silver's. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, actually, really, that's just the one question I had. Is, because it's equally funny either way, I think. Uh, is that we have a fish who is going out with his fish buddies. Right. And there's a just a really tragic outcome to the evening. Or... It's a fish who's out with human males who are like, oh, you're a cool fish. You can hang out with us. What do you think we're going to do? Are we going to, like, turn you into a Long John Silver's at the end of the night? We wouldn't do something like that, but then they do. Either way, the fish ends up pretty battered. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, of course, what's the really funny part of it. Just a peek behind the curtain here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, at Hootenanny Studios. It's it's basically like the writing room in The Daily Show. (laughs) yeah i I don't think there are too many dissimilarities between Hoot Nanny Studios and the uh, writing room on the daily show okay so uh this is episode fifty one of Baltimoreans, and on episode fifty right of Baltimoreans' we asked you the very excellent and wonderful listeners um two questions the the questions were um we we noted in the show that home attendance uh seems Um, to the anecdotal eye to be somewhat down this year. Um, And we were wondering, if you are an Orioles fan who lives in Baltimore, what's keeping you from going out to the park? Uh, And then also because, as mentioned earlier, last week's episode was recorded under very odd circumstances, Alan being on an Amtrak train (laughs) and me hiding in a conference room at my office. uh, What are the greatest lengths that you've gone to to take in an Orioles game? Uh, so some of you fine people went over to com, clicked on contact, and reached <laughs> out to us, uh, which is something that you could do again. Or you who have not yet done it could feel free to do. I, I think any of the fine people whose whose submissions we're about to read would tell you it was an exhilarating experience that they'll never forget. <laughs> Just some really nice customization of the HTML at that Tumblr page. Um, it's it's, uh, it's it's sure to just pop right off the screen. <laughs> indeed, I, you should probably wear protective eyewear. <laughs> All right, uh, our first email comes to us from the aforementioned Jake of the Bird's Eye View podcast, a fellow member of the Orioles Independent Media Community, and a true Baltimorean, and a true Baltimorean with greater uh, claim to the name than. Either of us, Alan. Um, he writes, "Gents, on this week's Big Fifty Extravaganza." Yet yeah, that is, we should have. It's better than the name we came up with for it. On this week's Big Fifty Extravaganza, you asked for feedback on the most ridiculous lengths listeners had gone to to catch Orioles games. When I was a kid, I couldn't make it all the way through West Coast ball games. I say that in a way that makes it sound like <laughs> this is no longer the case, which is a lie in every respect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I used to listen to the ball games on my boombox and you're you're dating yourself, there, Jake. <laughs> which had a CD, p- I also had the same boombox. Um I used to listen to the ball games on my boombox which had a CD player and a dual cassette deck. I would pop a 90-minute cassette into the boombox when I started to feel myself doze off so that I could listen to the melodious sound of John Miller's voice also dating yourself <laughs> recount the events of the last couple of innings. My parents thought this was a ridiculous habit, but I thought it would beat the hell out of reading the paper or just waiting to catch the news on TV. Sure. Very often, I wouldn't catch enough of the game and would listen to the end of my tape only to discover that I had no idea what happened with Brady at the plate, two on, two down, in the bottom of the eighth. It was imperfect, but it was mine. <laughs> so my question, Jake,
1: is when would you listen To the tape that you just recorded? Would you wake up in the morning and immediately put it on play? Would you transfer your boombox to a handy Walkman
0: and take it with you to school? Some key details (laughs) omitted from your tail, which has left your credibility in tatters, Jake. (laughs) Um, No, actually, this is is an amazing email and I think uh, is a testament to... um, It's so easy to watch baseball these days. It is. Uh, It's just stupidly easy to watch baseball um in some ways it's it's hard to avoid watching baseball (laughs) it's hard to avoid and i think one of the things jake's email points up is the fact that uh not only did you have to go to greater lengths in the in in our younger days to to take in um a baseball broadcast but also it it felt more important because it was harder To get a hold of
1: right, you couldn't immediately turn on ESPN and watch all of the highlights of the game. You couldn't immediately go on the internet and find all the box scores. You couldn't go watch a pitch by pitch. It was either you'd listen to it on the radio, um, or you didn't.
0: Well, and and even now, you know, though you can do those things, you're not being taken through it in 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 real time by John Miller, who is of course the master. Uh, broadcaster of our generation um, and and you know I, I think uh, I, I don't want to say it's like we've lost something because obviously it's it's great and we get a lot out of having the convenience of having all these scores at our fingertips but um, there th- there's a purity to the experience Jake is describing that um, is is no longer that is different than it, it requires a greater and deeper investment I guess is what I'm trying to say and <laughs> um, because it was also a lot easier to avoid knowing the outcome of the game. You wouldn't have people like uh, you, Alan, or our dear friend Ben Maston texting you various <laughs> updates because <laughs> cell phones didn't exist. Um, and you, it was possible to wake up in the morning and realize, I don't know how the game ended. And I'm going to find out now as right. though I was still awake and it was still last night and it was still happening. Um just to Live-ish. share. Live-ish. Yeah, live-ish. Yeah, just to share a, a personal anecdote um, in the vein of of Jake's email. Uh, yet last night, I knew that I was not going to be able to watch the game in real time because I had a recording s- session scheduled for my other podcast when I got home from work. So I thought no problem. I am a person who pays for cable only because I want to be able to watch Orioles Yankees games. <laughs> So, which is a sad commentary in and of itself. Uh, And I have a DVR component to my cable subscription. So before I left for work yesterday morning, I set up the DVR to record the Orioles game. Right. So I come home last night. I record the episode of my other podcast. And then afterwards, I go into the living room. I sit down with a beer and I start watching the Orioles game on tape delay. But here's the thing. The DVR, and I didn't realize this, I guess is preset to only run for three hours or for as long as CBS uh, had or the local CBS allotted. affiliate had allocated for the game to go. So guess when the recording cut off? <laughs> top of the 10th? After the top of the 10th. <laughs> when it was still Son two to bitch. two. So I said to myself, what do I do? What do I do? I have invested so much effort and time into not just checking the outcome of this game and and if i give up now i'm gonna feel like i wasted all the time that i've spent right so here's what i thought to myself i was like you know i bet yes is rebroadcasting the game right now because at this point it was like one o'clock in the morning oh good Good so i switch over to yes sure enough they are (laughs) rebroadcasting the game which is in the rebroadcast currently in the bottom of the fourth oh no so i'm like no problem I have to edit that podcast I just recorded, (laughs) so I come in here to Nanny Studios. I sit down, I edit the podcast, I put it together, uh, I upload it. I come back out, and it's the ninth in in rebroadcast time. Right. So I'm like, okay, I can I'll I'll rewatch the ninth inning and the top top of the the tenth, tenth. and then I'll see what happens. I have studiously avoided looking at my phone in case I have text messages. I've avoided the internet. I open another beer. I, I, I had a, a few other beers <laughs> between the first beer and this one now but that I'm telling counting. you about. But nobody's counting. I certainly wasn't because this is what happened. I sit down to watch the game. I'm like, this is great. I, I'm going to find out what happens at, like it was in real time. The bottom of the ninth ends. I apparently fall asleep. Oh, no. Because I wake up at three o'clock in the morning watching the Joe Girardi, like little league show. <laughs> Cause I, I opened my eyes and it's Joe Girardi, like hitting fungos to a bunch of <laughs> seven year olds. And I'm looking at the screen and I'm like, that. what happened to the game? Is there a rain delay? No, that wouldn't make sense because I was watching the rebroadcast. Why is it three o'clock in the morning? <laughs>
1: oh, oh my no. God.
0: <laughs> and I look down and I, I should also point out just, because I have a relationship of trust with the listeners, I was dangerously close to completely naked. Because I also did that thing where, like, you figure I'll get almost ready for bed. Right. right.
1: And then I'll just... I'll have At the last second, you'll dive into bed right
0: before sleep right. captures you. Not that I sleep naked. Wh- whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You guys, that part's not important. What's important is that I wasn't wearing... The, the the tuxedo <laughs> that, that I customarily want, sport. Or the donut bikini. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, yeah. And uh, so as I'm sort of coming to terms with the fact that I've slept through <laughs> the outcome of this the game. The second time round. The second time through, uh, my cat, who is uh, generally a wonderful <laughs> a wonderful presence in my life, stepped uh-huh. on me in a sensitive place. <laughs> um, oh, good lord. And I... I said some things that I didn't mean uh, about him and also just the universe in general. Um, and then I looked at my phone uh, and saw that Nate McLeod hit a walk-off home run and uh, oh. was happy about it, but, but also felt... <laughs> not as happy as you could have been. Not as happy. At, you know, I, I thought I had a good plan. Yeah. And, and it all got
1: messed up. So, we have another email here. <laughs> From Baltimore on. Unfortunately, Nick. <laughs>
0: there are 14 more minutes to this story. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Baltimore on Nick, who writes, so uh, in a similar theme. So uh, recently, I had to go on a business trip to London for a week, um, making Nick clearly a more um, competent and successful business person than either of us. <laughs> Bravo, Nick. Well done. The exact week of the O's uncharacteristic and exciting eight to four, eight and four West Coast trip. Um, whilst in London, I had to work nights, which were 6 p.m. to 3 to 4 a.m. Then, when I got back to the hotel, and would pull up MLB TV on my iPad, uh, and stay up until 6 a.m. local time to see all of the entire games live. Worked out pretty nicely, in fact, time-wise. But the real pain, minus the unhealthy sleeping patterns, was connection issues. Since I was using too much bandwidth to watch MLB TV, every 10 minutes or so, it would drop the connection. I'd have to go back into the Wi-Fi settings to reconnect my ent- and enter my name, room number, and Wi-Fi password. In the meantime, I had international 3G on my phone and was able to get the updated box scores during the video being down. <laughs> I managed to do this for six nights in a row. <laughs> Hats
0: off to you, Nick. That <laughs> I is... think I would have gone to sleep at some point at 5 a.m. That is a strong effort. That is a very strong effort. I, I th- this kind of commitment reminds me of uh, something that I, that always entertains me, Alan. When you and I are watching the broadcasts on tape delay, uh, the PS3 or the DVR uh, does this thing, which it thinks is helpful, right? Which is that it shows you a running timeline of how long the game is. <laughs> but the problem is, is as you get later, if the if the score is say the score is six to two, right, in favor of the opposing team and the timeline tells you that there's only 3 minutes left in the game. <laughs> you pretty much know the Orioles are not going to co- pull that come back and pull that one out. That one's not going not going to work out for anybody. Right. So we have developed a a very excellent uh, squinting at the screen or actually even <laughs> like turning completely away and figuring out exactly how long to count off the fast forward. Right. So um, that we are
1: we are in no way shape or form any more informed about the outcome of the game
0: heaven forfend we are at all informed. i was gonna
1: say that is in many ways our general approach to baseball writ large <laughs>
0: <laughs> information folks <laughs> try
1: at all points to pick up as little context
0: and outside <laughs> information
1: as we possibly can
0: baltimoreonspodcast.com currently features the tagline the home of the all-weather fan which i think is accurate but i'm considering <laughs> changing it to hashtag information <laughs> since 2012
1: uh nick i wonder if if you're gonna come up with a particularly egregious uh data bill there i feel that a a international 3g phone to get
0: updates and box scores that that may run you that may run you, but uh, I, I believe Nick did say he was on a business trip. Oh, expense, that, that motherfucker. That clearly means he's a tycoon and or mogul of some kind. That's, that's, that's how I understand that. Oh, I, I don't know why I'm thinking of this right now, but we do have another uh, tab at our website, which is called Sponsor <laughs> a Segment. And uh, if, if any of the, the tycoon-esque... Or uh, mogul inclined, we'll call them <laughs> tycoon inclined, aspiring tycoons, perhaps. Indeed, uh, out, folks out there want to uh, throw a little, uh, a few simolians, some shekels, some um, some Estonian croons our way. Uh, I think we can actually only accept U.S. dollars.
1: <laughs> we haven't tried the other ones yet, but we prefer not to. Yes,
0: um, I, don't worry. You we know, have the exchange rates a bitch with Estonia right now. <laughs> I, 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 and, and you know, just to put another thing on Barack Obama's plate, when are we going to get that taken care <laughs> of? Um, so it would
1: be great if you would come and sponsor a segment in which you can, uh, for the low, low price of five dollars or three hundred and twenty-four Estonian shekels or <laughs> two and a half British pounds, <laughs> <laughs> or five point one two five Australian dollars, yep. or uh Let me see. This isn't a routine, by the it's... way, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Alan actually has
0: the exchange rates
1: of foreign currency memorized. <laughs> I think it's nine to one Hong Kong dollars right now. I'm anyway, not in a position to doubt you. The moral of the story is somewhere in the ballpark of five will get you 140 characters to be read off by either Sam or myself in literally anything you would like us to say. It's true. It's
0: true. So and- please get on board get 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 right on it um and uh and also nick thank you for your email (laughs) (laughs) which is the more more important thing um our next email comes to us from our listener don don says just heard the amtrak conference room podcast (laughs) i too am troubled by the low attendance numbers at camden yards and unfortunately i'm part of the problem I didn't make it to a single game last season, Mm. and so far, not this year either. Mm. Worse yet, I used to go to 10, 15, 20 games per year. Wow. I used to live two blocks away in the lovely Ah. neighborhood of Ridgely's Delight, near Pickles Pub. My wife and I lived there for seven years, 2001 to 2008. Some of the worst Orioles rosters ever. (laughs) (laughs) Of all time. (laughs) Who wouldn't have guessed that the fortunes of the club would take a turn for the better as soon as we moved? In 2008, uh, we sold our home and well, moved.
1: we appreciate you taking that one for the team, Don.
0: Yes, somebody, somebody had to show up <laughs> in those really just hideous years. Uh, Don continues, in 2008, we sold our home and moved to the suburbs. She was pregnant and we chose to start our family in Columbia, Maryland. In 2009, our son was born. In 2011, we had twins. Mazel a Mazeltoff. Cheers. Mazel Cheers. Yeah. In all seriousness, way more important than baseball. <laughs> um, having three kids under the age of five is fun, but it doesn't make it easy to get to Oriole Park. <laughs> they don't have the attention span. Though, to be fair, there's no excuse for me not hooking up with friends' son's children and going to games. Sadly, suburban life has taken its toll on my social life. The good news, I've heard that happens. Suburbs.
1: I would also put a, a healthy dose of that at the feet of twins.
0: <laughs> I, I would, too. I would, too. Uh, one can't abandon uh, one person against three. <laughs> it's true. It's, it, you're just, I mean, it's just numbers at that point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pure statistics <laughs> game. <laughs> uh, the good news is the kids are getting older, and the family trips to see the Bowie Baysox. And, by the way, did you notice I pronounced Bowie, Bowie correctly? Thank you very much, Neil, for correcting us. Um, family trips to see the Bowie Bay Sox have started with little luck and a lot of money. Our family of five will have a 13-game ticket plan at Oriole Park next year, just in time for our World Series run. Don, I, I love the like optimism. It. I love the optimism. Um, what's interesting, I think, is that it seems like Don has uh, Don's was going to major league games regularly, and now. Has demoted himself to the minor <laughs> leagues. He's like, you know what? I, I uh, I'm 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 bringing a little bit more complex repertoire to the table now. I think I need to go down to the farm and kind of we'll work
1: out the slider. Yeah, make sure the off-speed stuff is working like it should be before I get back to the bigs. Yeah. So well, well, good luck, Don, and we hope that when you reemerge to the uh, the Orioles uh, big league club, that they put a little bit more reward for you and your family than
0: the uh barren years we'll (laughs) call it when you were only two blocks away now alan i i think about this frequently do you think i mean i tend to assume that if we lived anywhere close to baltimore right we would go to games after work every weeknight but is that true well we should look
1: long and hard at that fact because uh Neither of us seem to manage to uh, to regularly sleep or eat or see other people.
0: what What information from this episode of the podcast has caused <laughs> you to make that statement? <laughs>
1: So I would question whether or not, I mean, we seem to have enough difficulty just carving out some any two-and-a-half-hour period <laughs> to watch the readily and constantly available Orioles baseball that we can carve out on iPads and TVs and internet streams. Yep. Going to a game is a significantly larger chunk of time it's and true. probably involves uh, a, a, a commute of some sort, even if it was a very close commute like Don used to go. Uh, and would probably involve a fairly subsa- substantial income right. uh, divestment yep. to both pay to get into the games and also uh, buy the delightful concessions
0: vended at Orioles Park at Camden Yards. <laughs> <clears throat> so, which of course are not the the heinous ripoff <laughs> that they are in all other twenty nine major league clubs. Ours are better. It's true. But even at better, <laughs> they are still a little bit on the rich side. Oh my god, it's unbelievable.
1: So I don't know. I think it's a good question.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's just one of those things where I would like to think it's true, but it it probably couldn't be easier than it is to go to Yankees and Mets games. Um, I mean, it would be very easy for us to do that all the time, and we don't. We don't particularly seem to do that. Yeah. we we. Inst- I mean, the thing, though, is we come back here... We watch the Orioles games, and then we come in here and do this. Right. Um, and so I wonder I wonder if that would be the same. Thi- I wonder how much of our desire to do this show comes from the fact that we just can't get the emotional release of going to the ballpark after work. Like, I sort of wonder if we lived in Baltimore, and we went to Oriole Park after work, and, and were able to follow the team from... Um, a much closer proximity would we still come home after the game and feel the need to do whatever it is we're doing right now <laughs> <laughs> the joint
1: therapy yeah i think that we would probably just bring a recording rig to orioles park camp i think that's what we do yeah i feel better about myself thinking that's what we would do. i think it's right okay so one one more email from for you all um from our across the pond listener and orioles stalwart alistair uh, I hope, Allie, you managed to get a a beer with Nick when he was over there in London at 3 a.m. and catch a uh, oh my Orioles-Angels game. Um, if, or if, if not... If not, next time, gentlemen. Next
0: imagine, time. imagine, Alan, how good we could feel about ourselves if Allie and Nick didn't know of each other's existences until this episode of the program, and then Nick's... Uh Nick's tycoon overlords <laughs> send, him back, to send London, him back to London, and they meet up, they, they become friends. Um, you know, who knows where it goes. It's beautiful. You, you complete the screenplay, gentlemen. <laughs> <clears throat> Allie writes,
1: This morning, I woke to the sad but predictable news that our stuttering O's had stuttered once more against the Yankees. This was only compounded by the news that young Master Elderberries had blown another save. That would be Jim Johnson for those Five of points
0: to Allie for using a Baltimore nickname. Not uh, Baltimore's
1: regular listeners. Having just got to work, I successfully and successfully delegated all my department's work to my staff. Good work, Allie. Uh, also, apparently, in the tycoon category. <laughs> um, I set about looking at the top of the ninth inning. I couldn't help but notice that the three Yankees do up and faced by Jim Johnson were Cano, Hafner, and Overbay. All three left handed hitters. Some basic stats for you, all for 2013 only, which intern Scotty may wish to check. Cano, batting versus left hand at 243, and versus right handers at a 330 clip. Hafner, batting versus lefties 190, and versus righties 278. And Overbay, batting versus left handers a stellar 119 and versus righties, a stellar, actually stellar, 316. Now, those are some pretty substantial splits. It's a shame that we didn't have a lights-out Logie-style reliever on the bet. Wait. (laughs) Brian Mattis versus left-handed hitters. 125 batting average against, and just two earned runs in nine innings of work. Compare that with Jim's 313 batting average against, and eight innings of work in 12 in- eight earned runs in twelve innings against lefties. I followed this sport since the beginning of the 2012 season. And I and one thing I am yet to I am yet to fathom is the closer mentality. That you have one guy who pitches in the ninth if you're winning by a set amount of runs. It seems bizarre not to use the guy with the best chance of getting those three outs. I don't believe that clutch, as you guys call it, counts for anything much in a register in a regular season game at home to the Yankees. These guys have played the Yankees literally dozens of times. I don't see why they would crumble under the pressure of another game against them. It wasn't Game 7 of the World Series. In addition, it can't be helpful to Jim's confidence if you send him out with the odds stacked so heavily against him. He's struggling as it is. Why not wait until a righty stacked ninth comes along before sending him out to get his stride?
0: What are your thoughts, Allie? That is an excellent email in a number of ways one the delivery the 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 scripting of the moment of realization about <laughs> brian mattis's availability very well written and may i say alan smith impeccably delivered in your read that was uh i i am but a vessel for the genius of
1: uh mr mr alistair beswick
0: but but here's the thing Allie. also in that email uh, just uh Tucks in there the, the tidbit that he's only been following baseball since 2012. Hmm. I read over it without even reading it. He clearly understands statistics better after one year and several months <laughs> than than we do at all, uh which which doesn't necessarily qualify us to state an opinion on this excellent question, but I'll go ahead and do it anyway, because <laughs> that's obviously what happens. That's here. how we do. <laughs> Um, uh, in all seriousness, Alan and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, um, because it is a really intriguing question and I will agree that if, if you're, if you're William Nathaniel Showalter Mm. and you're only going off numbers, you obviously only have the, the choice there is clear. It couldn't, it couldn't be more clear. It's crystal clear. Um, And I think Buck Showalter's track record has established that he has an awareness of players' platoon splits, of players' abilities and histories against various pitchers, of their abilities and histories in day games and night games, in various parks, at home and on the road, and all all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So to me, that means that there has to be a reason that he didn't do it that he wouldn't do something like that, that he wouldn't go to Brian Mattis given Jim Johnson's recent struggles. And the only thing that I could come up with is that um, we as baseball fans, when we come up with those numbers, we're looking at one in-game situation completely isolated from any, from any context. We're looking at three left-handers. We're looking at very stark platoon splits uh for those left handers and we're looking at the fact that we have a left hander with very favorable left handed pitcher with very favorable platoon splits how how could we based on those factors alone, how could this decision not be made but if you're buck showalter, you're charged with running a clubhouse at net positive morale mm. over the course of not just 162 game season from, from, from spring and not even from spring training forward. You're, you're charged with running it perpetually because you're signed to a six year contract in Baltimore and you, uh, you need to establish a reputation, not just of winning, but also of being a place where players with particular abilities know that their contributions are going to be valued. Um, And that you're not going to be given up on just because you go through a slump and that you have been told that you have a particular job and it's not going to be taken away from you um, based on a very small sample size. And if you're Buck Showalter and you're looking at all of those factors, I think that is a tougher choice than just the numbers would make it seem to be.
1: What do you think, Allie? You buy it? I I, 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 guess my only my only thing to add to that is that um, statisticians have for a long time been trying to find some way to uh, statistically define the hot hand. So this like this phenomenon is more more in um, basketball, I think, than many other things. But um, this sort of like shooter gets on a roll and just keeps making shots. Um, seems, feels as though they can't miss for a period of time and that there's literally no statistical evidence of uh, that happening. Like you can't point to any statistical thing which suggests that if they've made the last three, you know, it's like the question of, of heads or tails um, that, that even if you've flipped a coin 15 times, it's come up heads every single time. The next time you flip the coin, it's not any more likely to come up heads or tails. Um, With that said, I've watched basketball games where I am sure, (laughs) like I am absolutely 100% sure that someone went on a ridiculous, you know, just believed that a shot was going to go in and therefore took a shot that was maybe more ridiculous or more out of control than they might have otherwise taken. And it went in Um, that that suggests to me that, like, it has to exist. We just haven't found a way to measure it yet. Yeah. So I, might, I, I would say, Ali, that give statisticians another generation to refine advanced <laughs> statistics and we will come up with something that accurately measures um, David Ortiz's ability to hit a home run when it actually matters and Alex Rodriguez's ability to hit a home run when his team is up by
0: seven in the <laughs> bottom of the seventh. <laughs> That's interesting. But, so you think it's, it's out there to be quantified. We just haven't figured out a way of doing we it. We just don't know what the stat is yet. Interesting. Well, thank you very much to all of you for writing into the show. Please do keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that if you have anything at all you want to say to us, you can do that by going to com and clicking on contact or contact us. Um, And we appreciate it very much when you do. We appreciate you tuning in. We are out of time. We do want to throw in one more good word, which is um, dear baseball gods. We're so sorry.
1: (laughs) Please make it stop. Please make it stop. We hope that this sacrifice of an entire, entirely Orioles-themed and entirely moronic Baltimoreans will get us back on
0: track. And and I would say the takeaway lesson here, because, you know, on Baltimores we like to leave you with kind of a moral truth at the end. To get you through the week. Is, um, you know, if you are having a bachelor party and your fish friend wants to come, <laughs> um, invite him along. But if you know you're the kind of person who, when you start drinking, you like to push the envelope a little bit. Just remember that it can end badly. And he should probably not have more than three. I think so. I think so. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will sign off. <laughs> My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. And you're listening to Baltimorons. Oh, uh, we should also tell you uh, that the music, as always, is Marshall York with the theme song, the band Weather Report with the song Birdland as our interstitial music, which there was very little of on this episode. <laughs> And you're listening right now to Black Crows. I almost said the Counting Crows. Also a great band. Also from the Baltimore area. Stop talking, Sam. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The song is kicking my heart around. And we have kicked your heart around enough. And we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week.